48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. Tonight's headlines. The city's largest teachers' union will disband after the government severed ties with it and state media called for it to be eradicated. Some of the union's members have expressed shock and sadness at the latest announcement. And the CE, Carrie Lamb, says her administration has given views on legislating against foreign sanctions to the central government. Hong Kong's largest teachers' union has announced it will dissolve after the government severed ties with it and state media described it as a tumour that needs eradicating. The union's president, Feng Waiwa, said it was a difficult and regrettable decision. He said its committee had wanted to continue its work but had failed to come up with ways to mitigate risks. The major reason is that, well, the drastic changes in the uh, social and political environment, which posed a huge pressure on us. And it is uh, quite a huge crisis, and we cannot cope with. Even with many options we have thought about, we can't find one that is feasible and can solve the crisis or the problem situation. So we have to resort to this well, last option, that is to dissolve our organization. Several members of the union told RTHK that they're shocked and saddened by the latest announcement. It's quite a shock for me and I think it's quite a shock for many Hong Kong citizens today because it is uh, an organization have a long history in Hong Kong and then it serves many parties in Hong Kong. I think there will not be another organization like this in the future. When we try to talk something, especially related to politics, we need to consider more. The teacher just cannot do anything they want or any material they prepare to teach because everything they need to hand it to the authority to check first. Actually, when we heard about you know, the criticism a few days ago, the result is what we expected. I think uh, people will tend to be silent in the future. There will be more control and we will have less freedom than before. Yeah, maybe in terms of a school curriculum. I feel quite surprised because it represents the teachers. For Hong Kong, we should be able to accept more different voices. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has revealed that her administration has submitted its views on legislating against foreign sanctions to the central government. Mrs. Lam said she fully supports adding Beijing's anti-foreign sanctions law into Annex 3 of the Basic Law through local legislation so it can be better explained instead of being promulgated directly by Beijing like the national security law was. This time is a piece of national legislation, like the national anthem law, so we need to consider Hong Kong's actual situation when applying the law, Hong Kong's legislative framework and the necessary procedures. I'm leaning more towards imposing the law through local legislation to ensure it can be fully, effectively and accurately implemented here. But of course it's all up to the National People's Congress Standing Committee. Ho Lok Sang is the director of the Pansu Tong Shanghai Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. He told RTHK's Backchat program that the intention of the anti-sanctions law is to encourage U.S. businesses to put pressure on Washington to either drop or go easy on sanctions against China. The pressure has to be put on the United States because the stakes in China, once they are sanctioned under these laws, the loss would be quite significant because a lot of these companies actually source their profit mainly from China and Hong Kong. And given that, I would say that these anti-sanction laws do have teeth and I think they are a good move. Does that mean that those companies will have to basically choose? Will have to choose whether to... I think they will have to put pressure on the US government because it's just 
too much if the U.S. imposes those tensions and then China counters with its own sanctions on those companies that are following U.S. sanction requirements, then these companies are going to suffer tremendously if they have to comply with both then it really means that they will be out of China's market and the stake is just too big. So eventually they will have to put pressure on the U.S. government. And I think the, the turn of opinions in the business community in, in the U.S. recently has been putting pressure on the U.S. government to not to follow that route. To the weather forecast, mainly cloudy with a few showers and thunderstorms. Showers will be heavier in some areas tomorrow morning, but there will be sunny intervals later on. Temperatures will range from 27 to 32 degrees. The outlook? There will be a few more showers in the next couple of days, but it will also be hot with sunny intervals. It's currently 29 degrees with humidity at 87%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Canadian Robert Schellenberg has lost his appeal in a court in Liaoning province to have his death penalty overturned for drug smuggling. As Priscilla Ng reports, verdicts are also expected soon for two other Canadians, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig, for alleged espionage. Robert Schillenberg was charged by mainland authorities with drug smuggling in 2015 and sentenced to 15 years in prison in 2018. He was accused of trying to smuggle 222 kilograms of crystal meth from China to Australia in 2014. Two years ago, the Dalian Intermediate People's Court in Liaoning Province retried Schillenberg, who had appealed his original sentence and decided on execution. The Canadian went on to appeal the death sentence, but the Higher People's Court of Liaoning Province today rejected the challenge, concluding that the facts in the original trial were clear, the evidence was reliable and sufficient, the conviction was accurate, the sentence was appropriate, and the trial procedures were legal. It sent the case to the Supreme Court for review, as is required by law before any death sentences can be carried out. Meanwhile, verdicts in the cases of fellow Canadians Michael Spaver and Michael Kovrig, both charged with espionage, are also expected to be handed down later this week. Mr. Spaver, an entrepreneur, and Mr. Kovrig, a former diplomat, were both arrested in China in late 2018, nine days following the detention in Vancouver of Meng Wanzhou, a Huawei executive and the daughter of the company's founder, on U.S. fraud charges related to trading with Iran. Ottawa has repeatedly criticized Beijing over what it has called the arbitrary detention of Mr. Spaver and Mr. Kovrig, as well as the lack of transparency surrounding their cases. Reacting to today's verdict, Canadian diplomats said they remain concerned about what they call China's arbitrary use of capital punishment. Back locally, an ecology expert is calling on people not to touch the black sand found on Longmei Beach in Taipo, saying it could contain bacteria. Billy Howe, a principal lecturer from Hong Kong University School of Biological Sciences, made the call after environmental groups raised concerns about possible pollution on the newly opened beach after they found black sand there. Dr. Howe says while it's natural for black sand to form around gentle shores like Longmei, where wave actions are weak, it could could contain harmful substances. Pollution and anoxic layer could be separate issues here. With the anoxic layer, it doesn't necessarily mean that the water is very polluted. It could be separated. It depends on the quality of the water. But Tolo Harbor, where Longmei was located, is actually a protected bay 
where the um, the flushing of water in and out during the tidal cycles are actually not strong. So it already suffered from very strong uh, pollution issues naturally. So selecting a beach there, it means the chances of having bad water quality is higher in comparison with other parts of Hong Kong. The government says it'll be seeking almost 1 billion Hong Kong dollars in funding from the Legislative Council, so the expansion of the Sports Institute building in Shatin can be completed before the 2024 Paris Olympics, two years ahead of schedule. In announcing more efforts to boost sports development following the SAR's historic success at the Tokyo Olympics, Chief Executive Carrie Lam expressed confidence that local athletes will continue to excel at major sporting events. In the coming three years, I am sure that our athletes will continue to shine uh, in the various um, international and regional competitions, including the Asian Games to be hosted in Hangzhou uh, next year, and also the uh, Paris uh, Olympics. A social sciences lecturer at the Polytechnic University, Li Chun Wing, is proposing the government study how to improve its subsidy schemes to encourage young athletes with potential to pursue their sporting aspirations. I think they should revise the current mechanism. Okay, uh, for example, um, they may determine that there should be a minimum level, um, just like in um, in our labor markets, we have the minimum wage. Should there be a a higher level of minimum cash subsidies, let's say, um, which is indexed towards the Hong Kong's uh, medium level of income. I think that would be an idea that the policymakers can think about. The operator of a COVID-19 vaccination centre says up to now only around half the walk-in slots reserved for seniors without a booking have been taken up at his facility so far. But he's hoping that the take-up rate will rise starting tomorrow when the scheme is expanded. Damon Pang reports. People aged 70 or above have been allowed to get vaccinated at one of the SAR's 24 inoculation centres without a booking since late July. And starting tomorrow, the scheme will be expanded to include people in their 60s. Ayers Leung from the Town Health Medical Group runs a vaccination centre in Chengkwano. He said only around half of the 200 slots reserved for walk-in seniors have been taken up at his centre. When you look at the age bracket, those aged about 60, like myself, around half of us have already been vaccinated. For the 70-plus category, the rate is a bit lower. So we think the threshold change will push more people to come out. Altogether, all 24 centres across Hong Kong offer up to 4,600 jobs for walk-in seniors per day. Dr. Lung says special counters have been set up at its centre for those eligible for the scheme, with staff helping to give them more information about the vaccines and assisting them with paperwork. He urged people to help convince more senior citizens to get vaccinated as soon as possible to better protect themselves from the pandemic. 24 hours after an emotional farewell press conference to confirm his departure from Barcelona, Lionel Messi is believed to be finalizing a move to France to link up with his former teammate Neymar at Paris Saint-Germain. The imminent move of the six-time Ballon d'Or winner has prompted fans to gather in both cities. Here's the BBC's Shoujo Saka. Many Barcelona fans have been outside his house, some outside the club's training centre, hundreds outside the camp now. Some fans quite angry. There's even one story being reported about a lawyer who is a Barcelona fan, apparently writing to the European Commission to claim that PSG's financial fair play situation is worse than Barcelona's and therefore they shouldn't be allowed to sign the player. 
don't think the claim will go anywhere, but it gives you a flavour of the level of opposition to Messi leaving Barca. Meanwhile, over in France, PSG fans have been gathering at airports in Paris and also at their stadium, the Parc des Princes. French reports say Messi will be wearing number 19 for PSG and will be presented at the Eiffel Tower today. Meanwhile, there's been more bad news for Barcelona. Their new Argentine striker, Sergio Aguero, is out for 10 weeks after injuring his right calf. Aguero joined Barca from Manchester City last month with hopes of playing alongside Messi. The Spanish league season opens on Friday. The Italian champions, Inter, could be on the verge of losing two players to the English Premier League. Chelsea are very close to sealing a return for Belgian striker Romelu Lukaku for a club record 135 million US dollars. Italian football expert Mina Rizzucchi says the imminent transfer of Lukaku is bad for Italian football as a whole. This is devastating, absolutely devastating for Inter, for the league in general, because the whole point of it being... So fun to watch over the last few seasons is the competition, is Antonio Conte creating this beautiful team with Inter, Romelu Lukaku, Ashraf Hakimi, Lautaro Martinez. And now two of those big three have been sold. And Christian Eriksen is obviously not really in, in, a, in a great position to come back, obviously for health reasons, might never come back. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But that looks like it's done. But from the Lautaro Martinez, I don't think so. Formula One team Aston Martin's appeal against Sebastian Vettel's disqualification at the Hungarian Grand Prix has been denied, with stewards ruling that new evidence was not relevant. Vettel has stepped onto the podium in second place in Hungary, but was disqualified after officials were unable to extract the required one-liter fuel sample after the race. Aston Martin says there was a fuel system er failure, but F1's governing body said regulations unequivocally call for a litre of fuel to remain in the car post-race and do not allow for any exceptions. In cricket, Australia has recorded their lowest ever total in a T20 international and their shortest innings in 144 years, as they were bowled out for just 62 and less than 14 overs by Bangladesh. The hosts won the fifth and final match in Dhaka by 60 rounds runs to take the series 4-1. to one. Spin bowler Shakib Al-Hassan took four wickets for nine runs. Earlier, the Australian pace bowler Dan Christian took his... First international wicket in seven years as Bangladesh were restricted to 122 for eight. Tennis former champion Andy Murray has been added to the U.S. Open main draw after Stan Warinka failed to recover from ankle surgery in time to compete at Flushing Meadows. Warinka, who won the tournament in 2016, has advanced to the quarterfinals in six of his past nine appearances in New York. He's not competed since Doha in March. A reminder of our top stories tonight. The city's largest teachers union will disband after the government severed ties with it and state media called for its eradication. Some of the union's members have expressed shock and sadness at the latest announcement and the CE says her administration has given views on legislating against foreign sanctions to the central government. The news from RTHK. Jeremiah Dixon, I am a Jody boy, 
Glass of wine with you, sir, and the ladies on the joy. Old Durham and Northumberland is measured up by my own hand. It was my fate from birth to make my mark upon the earth. He calls me Charlie Mason, a stargazer am I. Seems that I was born to chart the evening sky. They cut me out for baking bread, but I had other dreams instead. This baker's boy from the West Country would join the Royal Society. We are sailing to Philadelphia. Away from the coldy tide, sailing to Philadelphia to draw the line. The Mason Dixon line. But I swear you'll make me mad. The West will kill us both, you gullible Jody lad. You talk of liberty. How can America be free? A Jody and a baker's boy in the forests of the Iroquois. Now hold your head. See America lies there. Morning tide has raised the capes of Delaware. Come up and feel the sun. When your morning is begun. 